is Hard Parking, proudly sponsored by Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I am Jay Finning. I am your host, recording in my home studio in Gilbert, Arizona. One of the things about this show that make it incredibly difficult to describe to people when they say, what's hard parking about? Is it cars? I don't like cars. And it's not really cars, but it's not really not cars. In fact, if you are here for the first time, welcome. If you are a returning listener, if you're someone who actively subscribes to the show, thank you. But you'll know that sometimes I don't talk cars at all, but every once in a while there's an episode where I step out of things and have a real conversation about things that's going on in the world. On this episode, I reached out to some podcast friends of mine, Marcus and John, and they were on my podcast a few years ago, and I was on their podcast as well. Back then, they were called Real Talk with Jam, which stands for John and Marcus. Now that they are TWJ podcast, they are both members of the LGBT community, LGBT plus community. I was at the gym, and I thought to myself, hey, okay, they have a new episode out. Let me listen to it. I haven't checked in with those guys for a while. I found myself, as I listened to it on the treadmill, I found myself wanting to become part of that conversation. And to me, that's one of the best qualities that a podcast has is you listen for entertainment, you listen to be you listen into the conversation. Sometimes you want to be part of that conversation. If it moves you in some way, if you find yourself laughing or getting angry or wanting to reach out and talk to ask follow-up questions or to further explain something, that's a good podcast. And so I thought about just doing this episode without them, but I reached out to them and I'm happy that they both decided to come back on and we had a great time and that's what's coming up. You know, I don't want to take up too much of your time until we get to that, but there's a lot to respond to. There's a lot of things that I think that I could have said in talking to myself about these things and talking to friends about, you know, what's going on in the LGBT community. Is there some infighting? There has to be infighting because black people don't all get along. White people don't all get along. Girls don't always get along. Guys obviously don't always get along. Guys don't always get along with girls. So there has to be infighting, and there is. And I thought I could only get the perspective of people who are living that. Whatever that is, I'm not living that. And I think as you listen to this, you'll get a better understanding that we're all not that dissimilar. A lot of us are the same, no matter who we are and what we're into. All that coming up after this word from Foil Online. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Foil Online. For over a decade, Foil Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at Four Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's Four Wheel Online, the number four wheel online. Marcus and John, RTWJ podcast, used to be Real Talk with Jam. You guys changed it at some point. Um, I mean, it's my pleasure to welcome you guys back to Hard Parking. Thanks, Jay, for having us. Yes, absolutely. So I recently listened to one of the episodes you guys did, and I appreciate the fact that you guys are still around because, you know, we kind of got into this around the same time, you know, 2019, 2020-ish, you know, give or take six months. 
And a lot of the people that we probably communicated with from back then are, they're in the wind, who knows what they're doing. And, you know, whether you're doing yeah. an episode every week, once a month, once every other month, once every two weeks, you know, it's just the fact that you're still doing it. It's awesome. So I check in with you guys every once in a while on that. Yeah, we appreciate you, Jay. It's been a long road for us. You know, we started during the peak of the pandemic. And like you said, podcast we check into, gone, disappeared. So it's it's good to see you here and good to have us. A lot of, yeah, a lot of Instagram accounts are um, just, I guess, just a profile pic and that's it. And there's nothing left there, you know. So it's 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 truly is amazing that we're still here. You're right. Last post, June 20th. 19 or, or 2021 or something crazy like that. You're just like, yes. Geez. Yeah. Yeah. And their show is still online, but no new episodes. Interesting to see the changes though. A couple yeah. ones that you followed, John, right? Um, you had a couple favorites that you were listening to for a while and I looked at them and yeah, 2021, it seemed like 2021 as the pandemic started resolving, a lot of people just moved on to other things. So that shows that we are legit. We are true podcasters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it's true. And this is, it's tough, man. This, this thing that we do is hard. And I've said it before on my show and I'll keep on saying it, that this is not easy, whether you set up your own recordings and do it, whether you try to be a one man show like I have here, whether you outsource editing, it's still, you still have to do it. And so that's, it's pretty awesome. You guys are there. So I recently listened to an episode at the gym and, you know, I was telling you guys earlier, there's a few things that I want in a podcast that I think would make a podcast worth listening to. And, you know, one of them, you guys check all the boxes, but the one that really intrigued me of, of talking to you guys on this one was I wanted to be part of the conversation as I'm sitting there or standing or walking on the treadmill fast though, guys, don't judge. I want to lose some weight here. <laughs> and I thought it's a, Hey, we hear you. So John, you shared a story and this was the July 5th episode. It's called uh, pride month, 2023. Pride gets personal. And this was on the, you know, the heels of, I think the episode released, was it, I guess it was July 5th, but you know, Pride Month was starting to wrap yes. up and you both decided to share some very personal stories, which I appreciate. So as I'm listening to John's story, I have all these, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I understand that. And I identify with that. And, but, 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 and then as I listen to Marcus's story, because Marcus came from uh, a slightly different you know, uh, his, his story was a little different and, you know, what I'm talking about here for the listeners is, you know, they both came out, John came out when he was, um, technically, I guess you officially came out in high school, but you know, you had issues, um, with kids in elementary and middle school. And then Marcus, you waited till you were in your twenties. And so your guys' experiences were a little different. And it's funny when, when you were saying that Marcus, as you were explaining it, he go, but my experience wasn't, I finished your sentence. When I was walking across the gym, different, <laughs> different. I go, yes, different. But um, yeah, I had a lot to respond to. And sure. that's why we're here today. Yeah, it's uh, both of us together combined. I mean, Marcus, you know, his story is is interesting because I, I knew Marcus years before he decided to come out. So, you yeah. Know, and, I, and I was there. I'm like, hey, buddy, it's all right. You know, be yourself, you know, but I never pushed it with him. So, you know, to to see his experience and see him go through that growth, you know, development, try to become the person he is today was was just eye-opening. So I'm very proud of him. Very it took happy. a long time. It was a very slow process, even just saying the word sometimes of I'm gay. It's like, uh, I would say in other ways, kind of dance around the official. It's It, it right. really took a long time to accept 
concept. So yeah, it, it was definitely different than, and like you referenced, John's story is so intense. Just what he went through, some of the trauma he just experienced, way different than me coming out as a working adult, you know, past that stage of my life of school and all that was definitely different. Sure. Totally. John, with yours, uh, I can identify in certain ways. And one of the things as we kind of step through some of the stuff is our experiences in life, you know, our perspectives, it's all relative to what we've gone through and what we've seen. And there's things that you went through that it sounds like you definitely felt that you were alone and you weren't as alone, I guess, holistically as you may have thought, but you know, your, your surroundings kind of dictated, you know, what you were thinking at the time. You know, one of the things that you did say is, and I'm not trying to invalidate anything because I understand exactly where you're coming from. Of course, of course. Yes. And my goal is to let you know you're not alone. And I feel like it is okay. And I'm sure it's easy for me to say sitting over here, but, you know, I don't, I think that in today's society, nothing's easy, right? But overall, it's more socially acceptable to finally actually be yourself. Uh, and I don't know. You know, as a kid, because kids are mean, but, you know, one of the things you had said is one of the hardest parts and you skipped around a little bit, but, you know, is loving someone you can't have. You did say, well, obviously that's, you know, you're in school and we all think we're in love with somebody, but just the point of, you know, being able to come out and tell someone how you really feel about them, you know, out of fear of, you know, what would happen and out of fear as you got older through your later teens, how kids treated you when you're in elementary and middle school. I would say that you came out, you're younger than we are. I forgot exactly how old you are. How old are you? I'm 30. 30. Okay. Yeah. You're young. Yeah. You're a baby. I'm uh, (laughs) I'm 47, dude. And Oh, dude, you're young too, man. (laughs) I got, I got two grandkids, man. But you came, that's great. You came up in an era that like, I don't know how, how I would have survived, to be honest with you. A lot of us, we sit around and we say, damn, I don't know how these kids do it. You know, they find a way to do it, but boy, it sure is hard in, in, in today's world with all the like, cyberbullying, not just regular bullying. You know, in our age, we would get bullied a lot as kids for any, anything. But once we came home, we never had to see it again, which is why kids yep. never wanted to go back to school, right? But yep. in your era and kids younger and people a little older, you know, not to carbon date myself. If you have a smartphone, you have it. You go home, you have a computer, it's still there. So, I mean, props to you for getting to where you're at. I couldn't even imagine. But you had said that, you know, you were bullied. Uh, you had a, a really good friend you weren't even, you know, attracted to. But once you told, and I could be, go ahead and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. But once you told him that you weren't into girls, stopped messing with you and probably uh, started to bully and grab some people and kind of come at you a little bit. Yeah. You know, a lot of that, when I, when I think back to it and that, that statement you mentioned where it says, you know, the hardest thing is having or loving someone you can't have. Right. And a lot of that really resonates with me as in, I couldn't love myself and I couldn't find that love that I had for myself because, you know, just for quick context, the friend of mine was pretty cool. Right. Talked to me about girls. He was going through struggles with a crush, you know, typical kind of stuff, you know, typical boyish stuff. We were talking about it, hanging out, stuff like that, conversations. And 
though I was able to give him advice, I wanted to be true to him. And I said, hey, you know what? Like, I can help you. You know, I can guide you in directions. I can give you pointers on how to talk to people, this and this and that. But I don't know how to fully answer these questions because I don't have the same attractions that you have. And, you know, I thought it was appropriate. I said, hey, you know what? Let me just give him some background so that he understands why I may not be able to answer all questions. And I thought this is the perfect opportunity. You know, it wasn't, there was nothing sexually attached to it because I was a kid. You know, I was in, in middle school, high school. I I knew nothing of anything else but just being myself and just trying to offer suggestions. But um, it changed. I told him, completely changed. Took me out of his life, brought other people into it. And that's when the hardest part of bullying started. And it was difficult because it was in the transitional period of your life when you're still going, you know, you're growing, you're going through puberty, your your body is changing, you have hormones, you your thought process changes, critical thinking is being developed. You know, I was just a mess. So to try to handle that while growing up was crazy in itself. But it was it was progress, a lot of progress. And, you know, who I am today came of what I experienced during those times. In listening to that, one of the reactions that I had as I was working out at the gym, because I, you know, I'm not gay, but, you know, I've had some of those same challenges. And that's where feeling, hopefully coming away with, you know, not being afraid to be yourself and not feeling like you're alone, which is easier to say at that time. But, you know, I was adopted. My parents don't look anything like me. My brother doesn't look anything like me. He was also adopted. You know, we went to an elementary school in Texas. I had a lot of friends, had a lot of haters. And you like people and they don't always like you back. And I know you know that as an adult now, but there is... I think there's there's three things that happen regardless of your sexual orientation when you decide to tell someone that you actually like them. And I think it's, I'm not trying to oversimplify this at all, but I think it's, uh, it's a risk. And, and the closer you are to someone, the scarier it is because either they could A, like you back, right? Probably less likely in your position, but it could happen. Uh, B, you land in the friend zone. Uh, or C, they just don't ever <laughs> talk to you again, you know, and, and everybody goes yeah. through those struggles and it f- fucking sucks. You can curse on my show too, by the way. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, I had, there was, I never knew who I was. There's like no record. I don't know who my real father is. And again, I don't look anything like my parents. I was embarrassed at times to be seen with my own parents because they didn't look like everybody else's. You know, I was fortunate where I had, friends. I had good friends, but, you know, I still never quite knew who I was. And I've kind of carried that hole for most of my life, even as a mature adult. Uh, There was a girl that I liked in uh, middle school and she was one of the popular girls. Of course. Right. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, That's the worst. (laughs) That is the worst because they're so great. You just, you just look up to them and it's just like, they're there. I'm this unknown kid. And so, you know, I forgot how (laughs) she found out but I don't, I, I didn't tell her. I was terrified. I don't know if I dropped a note in her locker, you know, do you like me? Yes or no, or whatever, you know, the kids do. Um, but this was middle school, so That's probably not. Yeah. But somehow it got to her and I won't call her name out because we were all kids. But her, you know, days later, 
I received, it was in my, it must've been in my locker. You know how we used to fold up papers and tuck them in, you know, these nice little things. And I yeah, opened yeah, up and it's, through the, yeah, yeah through the slot and I opened it up and it was covered front to back full of, a, you know how people sign your yearbooks? It was like that. And it was filled oh, with nothing but notes of people just being mean. And, you know, somebody wow. had told you once before that, you you know, they hope you kill yourself. You know, shit like that was on there. And I was a oh, sixth grader at the time. Yeah. And a lot of these people, I knew who they were. Kids aren't smart enough not to sign the name. But I didn't, <laughs> I didn't take it to the prince. I probably should have, but no one wants to be a rat. And, Absolutely. Yeah. you know. <laughs> So I have these two or three pieces of paper full of all these people. They were just saying these mean, hateful things to me. And all I did was like somebody. Um, I did the same thing to somebody years later, some girl like me. And, you know, I got in trouble for it as I should have. Um, But it's, you know, that's when I learned that lesson. The hardest that people don't, and this sounds shitty, but it's it's just one of those hardcore things. It's like, I can like someone. They may not like me back. Someone's going to like me. I'm probably not going to like them back. And, and going through high school, you saw the people that were with their boyfriends, girlfriends, and you wanted to be part of that. And I identified with that as well because I had a high school girlfriend, you know, of course, but there was people that I was, there was one girl that I was just crazy about. And then there was a couple of girls that were just crazy about me. I went to prom because I couldn't find a date. And of course, there was somebody out there that would have gone with me, but, you know, it's not who I wanted to go with. Oh, man, just like me. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had the I, one. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want y'all. I want the other one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, my prom night, you know, we were at the Anatole Hotel in Dallas, and I was hanging out okay. late. And I remember walking through the hotel lobby with my tuxedo and my Air Jordans on, and I just everybody was hanging out with someone. I don't remember how I even got home, Dude. but wow. you know, I just, I was just lonely, and you know, I mean, I'm happily married now, but that speaks to. I got made fun of a lot of it as a kid for no reason at all. I, this is kind of breaking news to probably all my listeners, unless they've heard me on other people's podcasts, but I made the mistake when I was in sixth grade, maybe I was in seventh grade telling a friend of mine named James, if you're out there, maybe you're dead by now, but I told James (laughs) that I had a creepy uncle and you know, that got around school. And there were times when I, I remember standing, because again, keep in mind, I didn't know really who I was. You know, nobody yeah. wanted to date me, none of that shit. And I remember standing in the kitchen crying with a knife to my stomach. Like I was that unhappy. And that was in middle school. Um, fast track through high school, I was in a really bad period. I kept getting in legal trouble because, you know, once once I graduated, I just started wilding out. 18, 19 years yeah. old. I didn't give a fuck yeah. if I lived till I was 25, yeah. 26. You know, I wasn't going out picking fights, but I was making a lot of stupid mistakes. And I tried to OD on many thins, those pills yeah. in my hot tub. And then I got out and, yeah. and called some of my friends. And Joyce and Kite came over in Garfield. That's when you find out who the real, the real ones are. Because, you know, you have all these people around you when times are good, but as soon as there's any controversy, you know, whether you're coming out or you're getting in any sort of trouble, the ones that leave you were never there to begin with. And, you know, it sucks to lose people like that, but those that are by your side are always going to be by your side. And so I say all that to say that it's shitty what you had to experience in 
I've had similar things. I can never experience exactly what you experienced, but you know, it's, is it the fat kid in school? You know, is it the black kid in a white school? Is it the white kid in the black school, the girl in the school full of boys, the boy in the school full of girls? Because at the end of the day, kids suck. They really do. And I know you had mentioned there's a lot of people say just let kids be kids. Yes and no, because kids suck. They really do. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all know it, right? I mean, it's all true. Three it's true. I mean, the best uh, job of my life was working with kids, but man, would they fucking get me with some stuff. I used to come to work and I'm like, hey, your hair's not combed. I'm like, gee, thanks. Like, I, I know. Oh, there's a guy, Luan. He was always telling me to comb my hair because my parents left my hair looking like it was on fire all the time. And uh, yeah, but yeah. Hey, comb your hair. That's all he used to say to me. He's an older kid. Hey, hey, comb your hair. I'm like, what? Um, it, But, you know, we all have to go through bullshit and it's not okay. It's not okay. But none of us are really truly alone. And if we make it past that part in our lives where we're at our lowest, then, you know, there's nothing left to do but grow from it. And so I wanted you to know that you were not loading your journey. You know, I've had experienced similar things. And I'm here just like you are now. Yeah. And I, and I truly appreciate that because that's, that's the focus that I try to give people is that the stories are not just my story, Marcus's story, right? Jay's story. It's the stories of people that have gone through stuff that no one knows has happened. And you know, you yourself wanted to be a kid. You wanted to be a teenager. You wanted to experience what we think was being a teenager, what we think was being a kid. But we were bombarded, whether, you know, you were gay, whether you were straight, black, white, Mexican, whatever you, you know, you were, you were still struggling through those issues. So it's, yeah. you know, not just a gay issue. It's it's people issues. It's things that as people we've gone through. And that's that's the main focus, right? Is that these LGBTQ rights are not indoctrination. Nonetheless, you know, they're, they're not. They're yep. just experiences of what we as people have gone through. Because kids do suck. Man, one time this kid, I was working at the school with like sixth graders. And I turned around to face the whiteboard. He grabbed this burrito, launched it at full speed. It hit me in the back of the head. Just beans and rice flying <laughs> everywhere, man. <laughs> And I wanted to turn around and be like, you fucker. Like, <laughs> I said, man, you, 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 woo. but you know, that and, video would have got 20 million views if you would have turned uh, around and did that, right. by the way. That was like, what, 12, 13 years ago. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that popular then, but it's just, you see pe people go through that, you know, even as adults and, and you, you brought a great point. It's growth. It's development. It's who we become. For most of us. Right. Because. A lot of kids, it's, it's learned behavior. And you guys have mentioned grooming. You can be groomed to hate fact. But Absolutely. a lot of times the kid could have the best parents in the world, but a shitty friend group. You know, you always have that group. There's a, there's a one or two alpha bullies in a group of bullies. And I guarantee you one or two of those kids is actually a good kid. They just, they're just too chicken shit to say no. And, you know, you know, how do we fix that? I don't know if we can because kids suck. Kids are mean. But until... You know, they know it's okay to kind of stand up. But I think in our society, again, whether you're gay or whatever else, it's going to be an issue. And, and I don't know what it's going to take to get past that. A lot of work. I mean, 
like you mentioned, it's just, it's just, I, I always, I've always been a firm believer of it's, it's just human behavior. You know, we just, as, as creatures of habit, creatures who, you know, we see things that are different than us and it's just, you know, it's just habit. We, you know, we don't understand a lot of it truly comes from not understanding. So how do we fix that? Maybe by making people more transparent, mm-hmm. offering education, offering more support, you know, like, we don't have to tie people down and be like, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be. Or even with me, you know, I don't expect people to be like, you have to respect me for being gay. You know, it's not what we're asking. <laughs> you know, we're asking just for respect for being yeah. me, right? Respect for being John, respect for being Jay, respect for being Marcus. You know, that, that's literally what the focus is. But because we just get caught up in humanity, right? It's the best part. Well, I want you to... Try not to be too afraid to be who you are because who you are is who you are. And I know you, and Marcus, you had actually said this to where sometimes you have to turn it off. Sometimes you have to kind of just, you didn't say this, but I wrote down, sometimes you just have to be part of the scenery. And I do that too. Some, you know, you get around a bunch of people, you don't know them or you're not, you don't know if, if they're cool or not. So I just don't say shit to anyone. I just kind of like absorb myself into the crowd. Uh, but otherwise, I think. We know as adults kind of when we can be ourselves, but I don't know how many of us are truly ourselves from day one. There are a lot of people that are like that, of course, but I'm not one of them, certainly. <laughs> I mean, hey, who? I, I mean, I, I can't say that I am 100% of the time either, right? John, would you say you are? <clears throat> uh, no, but I mean, no. Jay Marcus is great, though. I mean, he he truly is a... A, what what I, what I what I like about Marcus is that he's genuine and true to himself mm-hmm. at most times, right? You know, like he's understanding. You know, he, when when certain conditions may be not the best to be yourself, but he truly is someone that from the beginning, as I met, he was true and genuine to himself. And you know, it it takes a lot. It takes a lot because that's for everybody as well, right? You know, like you said, sometimes group parties, you're like, hey, you know what, this party's pretty cool, but. I'm not going to talk about my fascination for Harry Potter. I'm not going to talk about my love for Disneyland. You know, I'm going to hold that back, right? Or hey, you guys like Dungeons and Dragons? Who likes Dungeons yeah, and Dragons? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you drive a Civic? Nah, man. Civic is trash. You know, stuff like that. I mean, it's happened to me before. So, you know, you just, you're right. You just got to gauge your audience, you know? It's like a whole big show. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think the older you get, the more you realize that. Because, you know, as, as mean as kids are, the younger the kids are, the more innocent the kids are. And I think if you get around a four or five-year-old, you know everything they say, especially now, comes from home or that iPad that they're glued to. Back when we all grew up, it came directly from home (laughs) and nowhere else. It didn't come from, you know, Timmy. It came from mommy and daddy and uncle and and Bigot Joe and and all that kind of stuff. Yep, Bigot Joe. That's a good one. (laughs) I just made that up. Yeah, That's a good one. You guys can use it if you want. Yeah. We might have to steal that. That's great. I'll tell my uncle that because he's... He's a bigot, so the bigot Joe. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, TikTok video you'd mentioned. I haven't seen it. I don't do the TikTok machine. I call I I call it TikTok machine on purpose to make me sound like an old man. Um, but <laughs> you I mean, really did you nailed that man? <laughs> TikTok, the TikTok machine. machine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't do that TikTok machine. That TikTok talk stuff. Uh, social media sucks. Oh and, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's I stopped. And all I did was read Twitter. I don't even really get involved in Twitter, but when I would see a video and I'd scroll through the comments, if it, even if it was a video about a dog kicking a soccer ball, at some point, those comments turned nasty. 
and mean, Absolutely right. like YouTube comments. And, you know, your eyes were just blown out by some of that shit on that TikTok video you guys had mentioned with a daughter crushing over a teenager. But it doesn't surprise me because people are weird, man. Yeah, I, I was, I was taken aback because we are so hyper-focused on issues that, of course, are important, right? Children are important. The, the innocence of children, the, you know, the ability to give someone, you know, knowledge that they may not understand is difficult. But this video, it was this, this little girl, I mean, had to be four or five years old, you know, crushing over this, I'm assuming a teenage boy, probably 17, 18. The, the dad is just, whoever, whoever was behind the camera was just so supportive and like, and it just it just really made me feel so bad because I've worked with kids and I told Marcus and I tell everyone on the show that if it's me or it's a kid, I'm going first. My life is gone. I will, you know, do my absolute best to the end to fight for kids. And, and it's just people were saving the video. People were commenting on the video like, oh, so cute. Oh, she's going to learn. Oh, you know, it's just honestly stuff that was disgusting because I, I I couldn't comprehend how that was happening. You know, and then we, we come to drag queens reading books in the library and it's all hell breaks loose, right? And, yeah. and, and that's where I was like, man, like how? That, that's a child. It, it, that's what social media has done. I mean, that's the thing with... It's social media. It truly yes. is social mm-hmm. media. You it's nailed it. It's a double-edged sword. Like social media, you have you have the ability to have such community with people, right? Whether you know whatever whatever topic it may be, it can be LGBTQ rights, it can be something very serious, it can be like us loving Disneyland and you know interacting with people who love Disneyland and want to share secrets about Disneyland. You have such positivity that can come from it, and at the same time, like you just said, Jay, the absolute weirdest stuff that's out there just spreads like wildfire, just like that video that we were talking about, like many other things that you've probably seen and heard out there. It it has such great benefit and also at the same time can spread such ridiculous shit too. So it's just like, uh, it's, it's complicated. It's for sure complicated. Yeah. And I don't know what the fix is, you know, is it, you know, just blast, get rid of all social media that, that would take us back 10 years, but you're right. It's, it's so polarizing and, it's there's there's no gray area. It's either people are nuts or people love dogs. <laughs> exactly. Really, exactly. You know, You're absolutely right. Dogs, you know, I, I I did a paper on social media and you know how it's it's so beneficial to what as a society we can do, right? You know, for example, the the fires in Hawaii are mm. devastating, you know, and thanks to social media, we can see the impact of people, their lives, donate, help, assist, right? Those are the benefits. Those are the, the the beauty of social media. On the other hand, we see people that have, you know, taken their own life because of bullying that people that have yeah. been accused of stuff they haven't even done. But social media, it's just a two-way street, but <laughs> completely different in, in many areas. It's the court of public opinion. Uh, Marcus, yeah. what are some of the challenges that you had coming out later? You mentioned some of them, um, but... I, I would say that if my wife and I got a divorce, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do because I am terrified of going out there and trying to date amongst all these kids in these apps. And I know I sound even older than I did, you know, 10 minutes ago. I can't imagine coming out kids. and oh. starting over. 
Absolutely. I mean, it it really is like just like you've mentioned, it's challenging. You know, I, I've gone out to many bars, clubs. I've been L.A., San Diego, Vegas. I, I, I've gone out there and checked things out, especially since I've been out openly. And it, it is hard. You know, look, I, I'm so John's 30. I'm 31. All right. So I'm not 18, 19, 20, like some of these beautiful kids are, right? They're all beautiful. They're all thin. They're all energetic and wonderful. They're out to change the world. The morning. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm bunch going of happy hour. Yeah, I'm at happy hour getting the two for one specials. I'm <laughs> going to bed thinking about, oh, I got a meeting in the morning. I'm past that point, like that prime of excitement and being out in the world and being out at a club or at a bar and ready to meet people and party and have fun. I'm not at that stage in life. So to kind of be out in the open how I am now, it's tough just to at times, I guess. I don't want to focus too much on regret, but there is kind of a cost of, well, when I was younger, I wasn't out. I wasn't able to enjoy kind of being out, out in the, you know, gay culture, gay community. When I felt younger, better about myself, I'm now in this kind of position later in life where I just, I don't feel like I'm prime. Right. Yeah. And I know with the kids, you know, hey, you're got 40. It, it just goes yeah, downhill by the day. Being old, I'm like, buddy, you're 31. So yes, <laughs> but you still face that challenge, especially you go out at night and oh, you're yeah. seeing all the young kids, you know, all the young gays are out there. They're they're just ready to go for How it. How do they look at us? They're like, oh, there's the dad right there. Yeah, because exactly. I pull out my phone and I hold hey, it in Lucas, front of my I think face. your uncle's here. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I pull out my phone in front of my face and they just all stare at me like, what are you looking at? I said, well, sorry. That's just, What? Yeah, and I'm talking about I want a well drink and they don't know what that is. They just know what the prettiest most beautiful, tastiest drink is on the menu. They don't know what the specials are. It's just, I'm not at their their level, their caliber. And to be kind of exploring being openly gay at my age is just a little more challenging. It really is. It is tough. Just like you said, if you were to divorce your wife and go out there, you're, you're not 19, 20. You're not going to get the attention from the crowd of a 19, 20 year old. And it, oh. it does, it just makes it a little more challenging. It, you know, Self-esteem wise, I'm older. I, you know, I have my esteem. I, I'm like you've said, I, I'm an adult. I have some concept of myself and my worth, but still, it's just it would be nice to be the center of attention, but I'm not going to be compared to some of the beautiful people that are there. So it's yeah. it's just tough not to, to know that I'm not gonna be at the top of the group when I'm out. And it, it's just it's just the barriers are a little more. The opportunities are a little less. Um, it's I still don't regret. You know, there's no obviously no regret. Still feels great to be out open now. You know, it's kind of that whole thing of why waste another day? Why waste another minute in hiding? But there's still that feeling of I wish I would have done it sooner and had to have more you know life experiences than what I have now. So you kind of go back and forth with kind of some yeah. of the regret. And then also still having to be positive, embrace what's good about being out now versus waiting another five to 10 years. So it's it's challenging. I guess that's kind of the summary, more or less of it. Yeah, you had brought up um, community. And so that's one of the questions, because I feel like there would there seems like there would there would be kind of a civil war within the gay community. And it almost became 
well, you kind of get it because maybe you didn't come out soon enough or you didn't experience some of the things that other people experiences, or maybe you're not gay mm-hmm. enough or you don't drag. So you're mm-hmm. not this, you're not that. Talk to me about that because sure. to me, I can see how that would happen because that's just how people are. Fuck, people are like that in sports. Like, when did you become a Absolutely. fan of this team? Oh, were you born there? Oh, you're just a bandwagoner. I was like, no, I can like the team. Whether I just started liking them last yeah. year or like, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Talk about those. Absolutely. I mean, I'll start and then John, you take over after. Um, just got a little bit about, I don't, we don't really share a lot of like what we look like on our show. We don't have a lot of pictures of us. Just to give you kind of a quick description, and John, we'll show you at you, the end of the show. We'll, we'll you give you fill a, in we'll as you like to. Yeah. You fill in with your little <laughs> comments, but essentially, I am a larger build, half Hispanic, half white. You know, I have tattoos on my arms, so I have all black ink. You know, I tend to wear darker colors. I am not maybe, especially when like maybe I go to LA, for example, you get into like West Hollywood where you have maybe some some members of the gay community maybe are a little more, if you want to say for lack of a better term, flamboyant, wear very bright colors, maybe, you know, do makeup, other things, right? They're very into having a specific appearance. And then I show up and I look like how I do. I look mm-hmm. like some scary, <laughs> you know thug basically and i'm there at a gay bar looking like that you get the looks you do get the looks you get the oh you know especially if i'm not wearing name brand designer whatever the case is right. you know, every bar is different every situation is different but there is like sometimes a a standard of oh if you truly belong in this place or you know this is a place where you're supposed to be you're going to look this way or act this way and i am just the anomaly of everything i just violate all the rules you get the stares, you get the looks, you get the, I mean, John, you, you, you'll be able to elaborate more too on this, but you get that feeling of, ew, you don't actually belong here. What are you doing here? You get those facial expressions. You get that kind of attitude from people and it, it, and it's horrible. It's horrible just because I don't fit in a specific place, the definition of what I'm supposed to look like. So even, you know, we talk, you know, people talk about, oh, my gay card, whatever you want to, you know, People say, you know, speak like that. Right. My gay card doesn't work everywhere for some groups, unfortunately. So I, I go through that. And yeah, I've, I've dealt with that where people just look at me like, yeah, you're out of place. Doesn't matter. Even if you're gay, whatever the case is, you don't fit our group. You're not our style. That's, so well, you, you really nailed it. Interesting point. You know, Marcus and I are both in Southern California, right? Yeah. We're specifically in Orange County, which is south of L.A. County. And, um, <clears throat> you know, L.A. has a very prominent neighborhood for... Um, you know, I guess, you know, LGBTQ and 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 the community, West Hollywood. I was young. I went there, you know, in my teens, which shouldn't have been in there, but I was 16, 17 years old in the club. Hello. And, you know, having a field day. Um, but it's so different there. It's so different than Marcus and I, who don't quote fit within the community, don't go there. We go other places. We go to San Diego because it's much more friendly. People are right. much more accepting and it, it, it's, it's so hard to say that because we are in a community that is looking for acceptance right and, and love and support yet within our own community we degrade each other there are bigots there are people who are racist there are people who shame others there are people who haze others there are people who just are mean and it's like why? Why are we like this? We should be here to support each other. But Marcus and I walk in somewhere and they just both, they, they stare at us because, <laughs> I mean, I'm wearing like a Nirvana t-shirt and some jeans and like a backwards hat. 
And it's kind of like, you know, hey, what are you doing here? This club, you're supposed to wear button-ups or you're supposed to yep. wear this. And I'm like, no, this is what I feel like wearing because this is who I am, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like like everyone, like you said, you 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 truly nailed it on the head, you know, with 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 that experience of people, right? Whether, you know, you're marginalized or minority or whatever the case is, or just anybody, frankly, someone is not going to like you. Someone is not going to accept you. For example, I love the Angels. That's that's my baseball team. I'm here in Orange County. That's what I grew up with. That's what I know. My family grew Poor up, guy. right? Yeah, right. But see, <laughs> you know, I go into LA, right? And you know, it's like an LA Dodgers game, and it's like, man, just you know, let's have some cool, like, like you said, poor guy. I I like that. That's fun. But no, my car gets egged. You know, I get pushed into the crowd. My jersey gets ripped oh, off my back. Poor little I mean, guy. Come on. Guys, Dude, like, sports you know, fans right. are crazy, man. Especially, I there's mean, always yeah. a fight in the stands of an NFL game, the 49ers versus somebody. There's, you know, it's always. I mean, I know a, we have a really bad crazy. stadium. I mean, you know, come on. I know it's a crappy stadium. I get it. But you know, <laughs> just the example, there, right? people just do that. Are you ever, because you like, we all want to support our communities, right? Whatever our communities are, regardless. You know, you want, I want to support my Las Vegas Raiders community, you know, um, but are there ever, is there ever that fan where you just look at him? You're like, Jesus, you're, you're kind of crazy. Like I support you as a fan, but you're making me look bad. You know, there's gotta be some Uh, of that going on. Oh, 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 I'll, I'll get into this. (laughs) I, I think the best <laughs> example, and I was just talking to John recently about this, is I'm going to go back to the gay bar scene. Okay? okay. And I know because one thing John was talking to, to me about this, he 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 observed that I tend to really get along well with bartenders at some of the bars I frequent. So I have some that I, I have one I frequent in downtown LA. And then when I go to Vegas, I have one that I frequent. When I usually go to Vegas, you know, every six to eight weeks, trying to go every four weeks now. I love Vegas. So uh, um, the bartender is not a bad person to have a great relationship with, by the way. So here's what happens. So here's the thing. Why is why does that happen? Why why do I have that kind of, I guess, relationship with them or that attitude? Because you I'll be sitting there and here comes the drama queen. Sorry, I, I'm being a little, you know, using the names here, go but for it. it is go for it, man. Who comes in. And, you know, oftentimes, sorry, let's, let's throw the stereotypes often very pretty looking or think they're pretty, which they're not, but that's, that's my opinion, but they come in and they act demanding. They are rude. They are very picky with their drink. For example, you know, they get a drink, maybe they're not sure they really like it or not. They don't really know what they're doing. They ask for recommendation. Yeah. They act very demanding the entire time. And I like in downtown LA, for example, I have seen it many times where if they don't have everything perfectly, they don't tip. They don't tip. Yeah. And yeah. it's just it's gotta be you know, really the, bad for me not to tip. Like yeah. like egregious. Yeah. But these are, you know, like I will be with these bartenders that I have been with that I kind of am familiar with, and they do a great job, right? They're very friendly, they're good with their their regulars. And you have this, you know, these people come up and they act that way and then they don't tip and you see the face of the bartender, just Mm -hmm. the despair, especially if you're only working a couple hour shift. Right. And you get a crowd of people that are just acting entitled. They're obnoxious and they they're disrespectful. 
And it is. It's like, what are you guys doing? Why are you acting like this? Again, I think the whole point is like, right, we're we're talking about how even with pride and things, we got to, it's us against the world, this and that, right? The world's attacking us. Here we are. This is a fellow member of the LGBTQ community and you're treating them like trash, complete right. trash. Yeah. Yeah. You're disrespecting them. This is some, you know, this is someone that's providing you with a service and they're trying their best and you're being rude. And they act like it. I see it all the time. And it's just heartbreaking. It's like already we have to fight and, you know, try and have a space, right? Gay bars are not on every corner. They're, right. they're few and far between. We have the space to be, you know, feel safe, feel accepted. And then we're acting like this in what's supposed to be a safe space. Yeah. We're acting like fools. It's like, come on. And then that, like, that, that's that's an example. That's probably the best one I can think of is just visit a bar and find the one that acts up. And it's just, it's horrible. That's the the gay version of um, Chris Rock, right? What <laughs> white people don't like about black people, black people really don't like about black people. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <clears throat> you you nailed it on the head, man. I mean, me want a vodka soda with no vodka. I'm like, just ask for the soda. It's like, right. why make a big old deal? Yeah, that's you know? funny. Just, <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, you know, I, I I don't like it. You know, just tangent. People go to the bar like, I want something fruity. I mean, come on, just just choose yeah. a base. You're gonna go with the well. What do you want? Choose yeah. the the juice is right there. Just just come on. Yeah, you know, just I don't know, and they do get demanded. Oh, I don't want cranberry. Yeah. Why did you? And it's just I've seen it. Yeah, what are we doing? Why are we acting? Yeah, I, I, it bothers me a lot. That's why I always try and yo, know, not not even it, it's just a matter of being respectful to them, treating them well. That's why I always tip well at a gay bar, just because I see what they go through. And again, it's like this is our community, and we're acting right. like this toward each other, and it just pisses me off. It does. Good so, for you, man. Yeah. Um. Let's. Go to some questions here. Sure. Uh, what are your thoughts, your guys' thoughts? So you had mentioned when you guys started that episode, it was right on the heels of a couple of Supreme Court rulings, and you were going to talk about it, but you haven't talked about it as of your episode that just came out. Yeah, work in um, progress. Yeah, okay. So we don't have to get into the weeds <laughs> of that, but the I think they, they had ruled against someone not wanting to, I don't know, make a website or some shit for a gay couple. Uh, but I think, and I could be misspeaking here because I didn't dig as deep as I usually do, but ruling that it's okay to refuse service. Um, I have mixed feelings on that. What are your thoughts on that? I have my, my cousins also gay. Um, actually, my favorite cousins, actually, Eddie and Jose. And they had put up a posts. So, you know, I know exactly where they're at with that. But, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, you know, that's a, that's a good one because I, I, I'm a firm believer of, you know, as, as a private business, you have the ability to serve the needs of your customers as best you can, right? You know, like, for example, if you go into a store that sells motorcycles, you know, don't expect to buy a car there. You know, that's that's what they specialize in, right? Um, but but what I don't like is when decisions are filled or are fueled by hatred or um, a lack of understanding. Um, you know, I, I say this 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 I say this many times, and I say it again: LGBTQ rights are not indoctrination. You know, we're right. not 
asking for people to forcefully believe and forcefully, you know, whatever the case is. Um, in that particular case, the language and and the way the case was brought up and the way the case was handled was not the best way to do that. Um, I think that there's a lot of stuff that we don't know behind the law and behind the process of the case, right? And and stuff that happened that led up to the decision. Most likely, but yep. At face value, I just think it, it's not cool because I feel as if that person was using their decision based on hate and based on a lack of understanding. If you want to refuse customers, that's fine. You can just say, hey, you know what? Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make that cake. I'm not going to be able to make that order just because I don't have the supplies or whatever the case is. Um, but I, I just think that it could be a two-way street because at the same time, you know, okay, she might be Christian. She might be doing it not out of hate, right? She might love these people. She might accept them, but she just might not feel comfortable because that is her prerogative. That's her decision. And I as well support that as, you know, that's fine if you don't want to do it. That's fine if that's not within your comfort level. Um, but can we do it in a way that's more respectful? That's what I'm looking for. Right. You know, I'm looking for that. Because you don't have to believe everything. You don't have to do it. That's okay. I will respect your religion. I will stand by you. I will fight for you and your religion. Just find a way to be a little more, I guess, respectful, yeah. so to speak. I mean, like in that case, let's say the cake example, like you brought up, John. Um, you have, right, you're in a bakery and you decide, hey, it's it. this isn't, this, I'm not comfortable, like he said. However, there's another, you know, for example, you could say, hey, there's another place down the street that is also really, you know, my friend or whatever the case is, you have maybe either a recommendation or an alternate, again, not making it about, I'm not going to help you people. I'm not going to do anything with you people. It could be approached differently of yeah. it's not comfortable for me, but Hey, there's a place down the street, maybe try them. They're also very highly rated. See if they, maybe they might be able to assist with it. I, I recommend them. Um, try that. I don't know. I just, like you said, John, you don't have to make it a big statement of hate when, you know, even if you're not comfortable, you can still end it on a positive note, on a respectful note. I think the thing is, even like John and I, I with kind of our platform, our view overall, it's about respect in the end. It's about respecting people as human beings, treating people decently as human beings, even if you're not in line with, you know, lifestyle, whether it has to do with, you know, say sexual orientation, whatever the case is. That's my thing is just treat me still as a human, even if you can't necessarily yeah. go along with me. Yeah. Don't degrade me in the process, even if you can't, you know, assist me with the cases. Just I want I want I still want to feel like I'm a human being. I'm respected as a human being. But see our community, I also think that our community has to understand that as well. And I know yeah. it, it may seem oh, absolutely. hard to say that, yeah. but our community has to understand that not everyone is still going to be supportive. And that's okay because you can respect people still and not have to be supportive. And our community needs to get that. You know, hey, you know what? There are some businesses that may not best serve my needs. For example, if you just have, a, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you're allergic to certain ingredients, you know, you're not going to purposely go to a restaurant that serves only those ingredients, right? You're going to find alternates. Hopefully and not. Unfortunately, right. You know, but that's kind of the, that's the case, right? We yeah. have to just yeah. find that kind of tune. So that's what we think about that. You know, it's 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 hard because... We get hate mail for that. While you guys are supposed to fully support and you guys are supposed to fully embrace your culture and your identity, we are identi- We are embracing this. We are supporting it. But we have so you to get that find kind of these- hate mail. 
Yeah. Yeah. We uh, have to find those balances. We have to find that agreement because we're all people. We are all still learning. And if we expect people to like and love us, we got to give them the chance to at least learn and at least yeah. try their best. That's it. That's it. Yeah, I think that's where I'm kind of torn on that is it's, I think businesses should have the right to refuse service. They all have the right. It's written on their door, but there better be a damn good reason. And yeah, otherwise they, I think they should, they open themselves up to litigation. You can't just, if, if Marcus, you go in there, John, you go into a place and want something and they just say, I don't serve your kind here. What the fuck does that mean? Absolutely. Right? If you go in yeah. there and you're you're dumping over tables and shit like that, and you're yelling and screaming and belligerent, and you're drunk, then of course we don't serve your kind here. So I think there needs to be, and I don't know, I haven't looked at the the, the details, um, or you know, I'm sure there's a lot of outcry, but again, I don't I don't know the details of what transpired in that specific case, uh, but I think they should have the right to refuse service to anyone, but it better be a, a damn good reason. Absolutely. That's it. I mean, you you really truly nailed it. We're not going back to times where people were segregated. You know, that's right. not what we want. We don't we don't want that. That was the horrible. We don't want to go there. And I'm afraid that little steps like this, little issues like this will somehow, some way translate into bigger legislation, into bigger issues, into bigger things that we have to deal with that not only will affect LGBTQ members but will affect minorities marginalized groups people suffering through poverty right you know it just it just translates into this huge issue and that's what i'm afraid of so this case is important nonetheless right because it does lead to something that can open many doors and not good ones either wonder if it's contention on <clears throat> on the states uh, another question is what at what age do you guys think it's appropriate to educate children on differences because I'm pretty sure kids aren't watching Sesame yeah. Street anymore. There's no more Mr. Rogers, and that's what Mr. <laughs> Rogers did, right? Yeah. It's it's right. So where does that come from? And when I was coming up, we had sex education class, but that wasn't until we we're in middle school. And I don't know if that'd be the appropriate thing. I don't even think they even had that anymore. Uh, but what age do you was. think that's an appropriate conversation to have with children? Shoot. So I'll start, and I know John has a couple of thoughts on this. Um, so. So in terms of, I think there's two, there's two issues. So I think there's awareness of the presence of LGBTQ members of our community versus probably what you're more getting into in terms of actually discussing the processes from a sexual education standpoint. So when it comes to awareness, my opinion is pretty much LGBTQ individuals are, are, are part of society. So you know, acknowledging, for example, that a one child may have a mother and a father, another child may have two fathers, another child may have two mothers. That's a conversation. I mean, children are very aware and attentive of the yeah. world, especially when they're young. Normalizing that from just a kind of family structure perspective, I think starts very young. John, I'm going to let you talk a little more because you had some thoughts, maybe more on the sexual education perspective. So at least from that side, I think I think it's important because here's the thing, here's the reality. Regardless of belief systems, ideologies, LGBTQ individuals are part of society. 
children someday when they grew up are going to have to work with people who are transsexual, gay, lesbian, whatever the case is. They're going to encounter these individuals both in school, college, work, throughout their lives. That's how I learned. So it's it's something that, they, that it's just reality. So that that's where I would say in terms of awareness, it starts young. I mean, you made a good point. Yeah. You truly do it. You, you, Marcus nailed it on that. You know, he, he made a good point. Uh, for example, for perspective, my nephew, he's three years old. I have a nephew, um, which love him to death. Um, <clears throat> his parents actually just introduced to him the proper terminology for his anatomy. You know, hey, this is a penis. This is a vagina. Mm-hmm. Right. And they used to, you know, they, they taught him and they, and they gave him knowledge Bebbles. and stuff like that. Yeah, so you know they they hands off your bebbles. I just my grandson yeah, so them all the time. Yeah, they 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 got them on the hand and they boom, you know. But but my thing is, I think that is absolutely what needs to take some time. And I and I get it. And I get it. As parents, we are mama bear, papa bear. We are there to defend, fight, and protect our kids. Absolutely. And I and I and I'm strong believer of that. I think it should be handled the same way as a heterosexual couple is handled because I was taught when I was a child that having a mom and having a dad was the correct family dynamic, right? I was taught that. So I think in the same way we can teach as well that some kids might have different parents, might have different, might have a single mom, might have a single dad. There's a lot of different family dynamics. I think with sexual health, it just, it takes a while. I think we have to be able to gauge the time when an individual, a child can critically comprehend what is being said to them. And could that be when they're five years old? Could that be when they get into their teens? You know, that's that's just dependent on the environment and the factors that the kids are growing up in. Um, but, you know, we just have to be aware of when kids are able to think critically. Because that, that's a huge point. Critical thinking. Right, Let yeah. them develop that understanding. You're not going to tell a kid that's three years old, hey, by the way, this is how babies are made. I don't think that's appropriate at that time, personally. That's my opinion. I think that the time will come when those conversations can happen, maybe more so around puberty, right? Because there is a transition in the body. But all this just has to be truly gauged by the experiences that kids are having within their own family dynamics. It's important, though, to teach sexual health because I grew up in an environment where I had a creepy uncle and I wasn't taught certain parts of sexual health and anatomy. So I would think it's appropriate for my uncle to hug me a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything ever happened, you know, because nothing did. Right. But just that encounter of the way my uncle would hug me wasn't comfortable to me. I knew it wasn't comfortable, but I wasn't taught that. So I think that teaching... It's interesting how kids pick up on that. Right. Because I, yeah. I, I felt so uncomfortable, right? I was like, well, yeah. this does not feel good. But if I was yeah. taught, hey, you know... No one should touch you below here. No one should touch you below here because that's your personal private area, right? That's your personal space. It's your body. It's your right. I think that that's important, though, to educate kids because there are a lot of bad people out there. And, you know, our, our, our kids are exposed to different environments, school, stores, you know, family members. I went through that. The uncle's not here no more. He passed away. Bless his heart. But, you know, he was, he was creepy. And I think that would have saved me. Nothing ever happened. But it was just uncomfortable. What about the movement of allowing kids to choose what they feel like they're leaning toward at such a young age? You know, when you're, if you have a five-year-old playing with Barbie dolls, five-year-old kid, male boy playing with Barbie dolls and a five-year-old girl running up trees, 
I think that's a little early, you know, to to decide what your child's doing. Yeah, I I completely agree because it happened to me. Um, I told you I was five, six, seven. I think my first actual probably attraction to any sort of gender was until I was like 13, 14 years old, right? So I played with Barbies. My brothers played with cars. I also played with cars. Right. You know, I and my dad would tell me, no, you're supposed to play with cars, right? And I'm like, well, dad, I don't know what I'm supposed to play with. I'm a kid. I want to play with my toys. You know, you don't care really what care it is. What the fuck the toys are. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, let me play with my toys. So I think that you have, but then again, it's the exposure, right? When I was a kid, there wasn't a lot of exposure to a lot of stuff that we see now. I mean, my siblings, right. my cousins, nephews, you know, they have phones. They're like six years old. I'm like, what? You know, how do you have a cell phone? So I guess it's just that exposure, right? They're exposed to a lot more than we were exposed to. And that's what makes it so hard now is that we're more progressive I, now, too, than right, you know, your parents, my parents. Yeah, yeah. grown a lot. You know, the parents have grown a lot. But just that example as a kid, you know, yeah. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to know? I like playing with these things. I like playing with that. You know, that's that's why I grew up and I still love cars. You know, I still love toys. I still, you know, go to Disney, whatever the case is. Right. But I just think, you know, allowing your child or allowing just just to be themselves and support them in the best way that you can support them. I, it, it truly just comes down to support, support someone for being who they want to be. You know what I think is happening? And, you know, we could probably talk for another two or three hours because you guys are great putting up with my bullshit. Um, <laughs> you're great, Jay. You're great. You're great. I don't care what anyone says. You're great. No, you don't care what was written. Yeah. <laughs> Right. On the black, I, on the dark you know, web. I went through all your reviews. I, I don't, you know, I still listen to your show, man. <laughs> no, you're great. I mean, we appreciate you. Thanks for that. Uh, so you guys have brought up the blocking of transgender healthcare. And I looked that up and God, there's a lot more states out there than I thought. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I They kept on saying youth, right? So that kind of brings us back to sure. sort of what we were talking about, you know, if someone's actually going to, and it's probably more than just this, but if you're 13 or 14 and you want to take the hormones and, and go through a transition, you know, should you really be able to, or should you be 18, 20, 22? I know I've been around people at work that have done that, gone through, and I know statistically there's no turning back, which can be a terrible thing and a lot of times it does lead to suicide yeah but i'm this is this is more than that can you kind of tell us right you know in a few minutes kind of what this actually is you know saying besides just a transition so it it's a as you well have referenced jay it's a very complicated issue so yeah a couple of i guess a couple of things kind of what comes to mind for me is that first of all, I would say with youth, you know, I know we talk a lot about youth and it's like, oh, what do we do? In the end, if someone is truly, for example, let's say you have a boy, a male, you know, 13, 14, 15 years, years old, and they truly believe they are a female and want to be a female. When you deny someone tr their their authentic self, there are huge implications in terms of sure. mental health, in terms of self esteem. Right, so you're you're dealing yep. with all of that. Um, that is 
the reality. So kind of starting off, I, I guess I would say merely just denying a young person that opportunity, just flat out saying it's illegal, it's banned, it no, you can't do it, really doesn't consider those implications. I think where I would like to see the conversation steered versus instead of saying yes or no, illegal or allow it, I, I would really like to see us more focus on the process of having someone that is underage go through that. What what are the ideal, for example, from from account maybe from a counseling perspective, right? Um, in terms of the medical perspective, what are what are the best practices or processes if we have a young person that feels as though they they want to identify with a different gender? What's the healthiest, most appropriate way to to approach that? I I've noticed in the in the kind of the, the discord, you know, the the political discussion of it, we don't get into that part of. Bit, right. We just get into we that's very superficial, yes or no. Yeah. And the real kind of like my position before with in terms of LGBTQ individuals exist, we have to be aware of them and th- that we have to kind of coexist. In the same way, we are going to have individuals that are going to question their gender identity, possibly want to identify with the other gender than what they were, you know, what they were at birth. That's going to happen. What is the most responsible, healthiest way for that individual, for society? Let's have the discussion there versus just simply yes or no. And just kind of, you know, having a blanket answer to it. That's kind of, I, yeah. I know it's not quite a perfect answer, a definite answer, but I think honestly, that's where the conversation needs to be. But I think until we get people out of the, oh, just don't allow it. No, they can't do it. Until we get out of that mindset, we're not going to be able to have that deeper conversation of really what's what's the right way to handle yeah, it. Because what do we do when we're told we can't do something? We find right. a way to do it. Find a way, way to or, or you degrade because you can't yeah, be who you are. And yeah. your again, your self-esteem and mm-hmm. mental health just goes down the toilet. And that's not going to do anything Good positive point. in the end. So. And that's such a crazy age yeah. too, you know. Right. Um Scientifically, our brains aren't where they want, where they should be. But I, I agree. I think yeah. there should be right. maybe a, a counseling period. Like, are you sure? Let's go to these, you know, sessions with with uh, trained professionals to make sure this is what you really want to do. You know, and, and you absolutely. better be damn sure. You know, because absolutely, yeah. Denying really outright, to it. yeah, seems tough. You know, denying outright. Yeah. But yeah, I we had an incident. And they don't listen to my podcast, but we were out, you know, last weekend (laughs) and we were celebrating a friend's, you know, a a very awesome achievement. We were walking out of a club and I was kind of trailing. And by the time I came out, a friend of mine was going back and forth with the guy at the door. And I was like, I thought maybe they knew each other. Right. Okay. My friend had asked the doorman a question. Sounds like he asked him several times. The door guy wiped his eyes and flicked him off. And he was like, oh, okay, this might be something. And then the question was, are you wearing eyeliner? And the guy's like, no, I told you I'm not. And it's like, okay, why are we, <laughs> why are we having this conversation? Wait, you don't know this guy? And that turned into a huge, huge fight between my friend and his, and his wife. Uh, but he and I, we, we talked quite a bit that night. And those, those personality types are out there and otherwise he's a great person, but I didn't know, I didn't realize how strong he was in his stance against those things. 
until that night. So he lost a few points, you know, with me, you know. Um, but the thought is, he goes, that guy has eyeshadow on or uh, mascara or whatever. Is the mascara? I think it's mascara. I mean, whatever. And yeah, yeah. I go, how do you know? Because I know. I said, why does it matter? Like, who fucking cares? It doesn't fucking matter. Like, we're sitting here talking about this for 20 minutes. He goes, it matters to me. He goes, yeah. why does it matter to you? Right? Because I've gone on this huge tirade, you know, before, not on the actual podcast, about people get angry about things that don't necessarily have anything to do with them. And that's the problem. That's the problem sure. you guys are facing in your community. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the fact that, and, and but full circle before I go, because I can go on that rant for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. He goes, well, my son, a few years ago when he was 18, he was painting his nails. I go, okay. And I want, I don't want my kid to be doing that. I go, okay, well, that's, if you want to be that parent, that's up to you to be that parent, but you can't impose that on other people. Like you have no idea, you know, what the situation is there. And then I told him, I go, dude, when I was 18 or 19, I was painting my nails too. This was in 1996. People looked at me like I was crazy. You know, I started off with a dice, an old Jordan thing. And the next thing you know, all my nails oh, are yeah. black. <laughs> and I'm out there playing basketball, pick up basketball. And people are like, oh, I'm like, oh, you'd be afraid of me. I'm a dunk on you now. But, you know, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm as straight as they get. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that doesn't mean anything, you know, right. and it's, you know, that, that takes you back, you know, to little boy playing with Barbie in the little pink truck. Or a little girl, because I mean, almost every woman I know in my life at some point was a tomboy. You know, yeah, are they even allowed yeah. to be tomboys in 2023? You know, or yeah. are they declaring their sexuality when they crawl up a tree instead of putting on a dress? Right. You know, but, you know, going back to people being upset about things, I think one of the things, because one of the questions that I didn't ask was about businesses taking a social stance or taking a stance on something, you know, case in point, Anheuser-Busch with the Bud Light, right? Correct. People, not that Bud Light's any good. It's not the worst beer I've had, but... Right, but that's, a, that's, the, that's the focus, right? The beer is not good. That yeah, now, now, yeah, now, you know, Bud Light sales are, are terrible, like, statistically. And so, I say, like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like that they came out in support of whatever, you know, I don't even remember the name, but something... Three syllable name, McRoney, McRoney, Dylan. Yeah, what's called Dylan? What'd you say, Dylan? Yeah, it's like, who cares? Like, if that's what, but if that's what Anheuser Busch wants to do, why does it hurt you? And I think the the thought that people have is, I'll support it. Like, I support your guys, right, to be in the community, but don't make me feel like I have to do it, or else I am anti this or anti that. And I think it's it's the disease it's the disease that people don't like being told what to do or what to think. Absolutely. And so I think when when more of these corporations come out and show support, people feel like they're being personally attacked. When at the end of the day, it really has nothing to do with them. And I don't know what the fix for that is. You know, does corporate America stay out of social issues? Well, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I it's. It's Ford making the I call it the Kodak trucks. You know, they made a special trucks dedicated to like the the flag, right? The LGBTQ yeah, flag. Yeah. The and people lost their minds. It's like, why does that how does that impact you? And you know, and no one wants to have that conversation. So that's a I mean, you've that's a great point. But I always I also like to give people the question. And I, I give even our listeners this question. 
And I asked them, okay, you know, we're, we're told by companies to take a stance on social issues, right? But as someone that comes from the gay community, I have watched for many years corporations take a stance on heterosexual issues. And, you know, I don't have any backlash on that because it's just what it is, right? Yeah. There comes, there comes a point, though, where I've always said this. If, if companies want to take a stance on social issues, they're a company. They have a right to do so. But put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> if your organization yeah. supports the movement of, of, you know, of a lot of stuff and anti, you know, you know, if, if they, if they support good movements, then donate to causes that support good movements. I don't want to see on June 1st, your logo turn into a rainbow. And then you're still donating to organizations that degrade attack and, you know, go against the LGBT community. Same thing with, with other organizations, right? Fair. You know, if, if, if there's like, you know, an issue with, with, with racism or, or police brutality, for example, you know, do companies take stance on those issues? Absolutely. But put your money where your mouth is. If you're going to make a stance, support organizations, individuals that do get there. And as consumers, we have every right. You don't want to support a business. You don't want to support an organization. That's fine. But if an organization supports a cause that helps improve life and helps to support life, that's fine. If an organization is supporting people killing dogs, then okay, well, you know, that's that's different. They're causing harm, right? They're causing foul, they're 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 being harmful towards that's that's a, that's the deal breaker. Absolutely. Right. But if they're supporting, you know, people being accepting and loving and understanding and supporting human rights, then like damn, like why is that so fucking hard to comprehend? But I get it. You know, I get it. We we have every right to do so. Bud Light sucks. The beer sucks. Oh, it's suck awful. I hate it. I hate it. You so, know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's headache like, you know, medicine. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? You're going to get in the Ford pickup truck and you're going to go, hey, sister, you know, no. <laughs> you're you know. going to get in the Ford pickup truck and you're just going to drive a truck. I mean, come on. Yeah. And, and I agree with you uh, 100% on that, uh, even with the, the Bud Light thing. What's funny, and I don't have the list in front of me, but I looked up all the other beers that Anheuser Busch produces, and there's a lot of oh, beers yeah. that people love. Oh, yeah. So it's like, if you're not going to buy the Bud Light, then guess what? You're not buying these other beers that you probably have, you know, full of your freezer. So, but people, the blind lead the blind. No one ever researches anything. You know, it's just, it's just popular to kind of go with the flow, I guess. That's the issue right there. That's it. That's all it takes. Just, Give your time, get on the computer, find some resources, learn a little bit about stuff, and you'd be surprised to find out that a lot of these cases, a lot of these issues keep trickling down. And you it's just we just we just gotta learn how to educate ourselves. I mean, John, I told you before too, people also have major control issues in their life. You know, people we can go, we can go on end, right? The economy, whatever the case is, people feel out of control. The, these types of issues, like with Bud Light, when they say, I'm not going to buy it again, right? Even though they don't Disney, by the way, also. just like you said. Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm not doing this. It gives them like a moment of control and power over themselves and their lives. Like, oh, that's it, they, you see how people get, they get really enthusiastic when they say, I'm not going to do it. And it's like over Bud Light. But you know what? But it funny? gives them that little moment of I'm controlling myself and I have yeah. control when in reality their lives are well out of control. Did you know that, that company, the parent company of Bud Light, and like you said, that makes these beers and a hydro uh, bush, they have a lot of investment, 
in in stocks and certain I don't know how it works directly how it works that involves the Florida state pension system. Yes. So the state of Florida is now having issues that they sent a letter to this company saying, hey, your stocks are down. So they're affecting the funding and the viability of our state pension system. I mean, come on. It's gotta, a moment of feeling a little control and power. You're messing up yeah. your own pensions. You yeah. know? Just, I, don't, I, know. I know. It's a complicated situation. It really is. Marcus and John, thank you so much for uh, spending a good part of your afternoon with me. You guys have been of great. Of course. Absolutely, Jay. It's always a pleasure. If you guys ever want to join, let me know. We can get up here. Oh, really quick. What happened to your civics? Like one of you doesn't have a car anymore. That's me. That's well, Marcus. Yeah. I bought a 2022 Honda Civic Sport. Oh, you good know, for you. I, 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 think it's it's a, beautiful. I think it's a great car, man. I'm not going to lie. Compared to the Civic Trims before, I think they did a really good refresh. It's a quality built car. I like the inside. I like the dynamics it has. I mean, I wish I had fog lights, but he starts this, he know, has these moments where he starts to shit about, I should have gotten this. I should have gotten that. It's a beautiful car. I had a Civic Type R. I did. The color is his rims. You have black rims, right? They're rims. Yeah, but for a sport trim, they're beautiful. It's pretty good. He did the black tint. It, the car it looks incredible. So, it's not Marcus, was yours the I'm one sorry. that was shitty? <laughs> I knew one of you had a nice one, and one you had kind of a like the. The starter version of it or whatever. Yeah, he had the starter version. Yeah, hubcaps. he's always... Yeah. This guy has always been a little fancy. Marcus will make a right one. turn, his left hubcap fly. Oh, shut up. It didn't do that. <laughs> but he had... What was your old, your 2014, what you had before? Was the, yeah, 2014 Honda Civic. I ran that. What was the... the but what was it? It was a... EX? EX. Yeah. I See, I always went with the LX. Yeah. I was I was cheap. I'm cheap. So he always he's always had the nicer car. Why do car companies keep doing this? Get us an answer, Jay. I don't understand it. All these trims, it pisses me off. Just just work make yeah. please just make, do, yeah. Make three. I'll, I can do three trims. Deal. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank Jay. you. Have a great day. <laughs> I want to thank John and Marcus for joining the show. It was a great time. We this this is actually one of the few episodes that I upload to YouTube and I do the whole YouTube production for it as well. So if you want to check it out or send it to your friends, go to the YouTube page, Hard Parker Media, and it'll be right there. Put a lot of work into it because it's worth it to me. It's worth it to me to make my guests sound great because you know I'm going to sound great. And it's worth it to me to put something out there that's worth talking about. And to me, to us, to you, the listener, I think we all agree that that subject matter, that community, your community, my community, it's worth talking about. You know, one of the things that I was talking to another good friend of mine about this and I bounced a lot of ideas off, and the thought was, okay, why we have all the companies, the people who boycott Bud Light, the people who bo- boycott Ford. I think, I think I, you know, we talked about that with Marcus and, and John. How does it impact you? People love to get upset about shit. People love to get upset about things that don't impact them personally. And if it does, then why? Because you don't agree with it. That's not good enough. I look. I think we're pretty progressive. I think some would label me as conservative. Conservative leaning, I guess. I don't know. I. Like, I hate gay pride parades. The thought of going to a drag show couldn't be any 
more not interested. I don't like that at all. I don't like that shit. I don't like parades. I also can't stand screamer music, super heavy metal, Harley Davidson, big bike meets, Mexican clubs. I don't like the music. I'm still trying to get into the music, the Puerto Rican music, after being married for 20 years. But if you want to come here and you want to go to a Mexican club, we're going. If you want to go to a motorcycle meet for Harleys, we're going. You want to go to a screamer metal concert? I don't know. I might draw the line there. But I'm not going to show up and cause a scene. I'm not going to tell someone that they can't go if they enjoy it. If I have visitors, if I have family that comes from out of town and that's what they want to do, I'm not going to sit at home while they do it. Sure, you're my guest. Let's go do it. I can always find a way to have a good time. I'm not that prideful to where it's like, well, it's, I don't want to be seen there, any of that shit. I know who I am as a person. So if I'm hanging out with, if I'm the only person in a group of six and everybody else is part of the LGBT community, so fucking what? I know who I am and they know who I am. But you have to know who you are and then ask yourself, why does this bother you so much? Now, one of the examples that I've given in the past, it's you could do your thing. If you want to fly the, the, the pride flag, great. But as soon as you require other people to do it, that's when people get annoyed. And they don't care what that it is. People don't want to be told that they have to do anything. And so, you know, where are you guys with walking up to a business establishment and having the little sticker on the door? We proudly serve LGBT plus community, whatever. I've seen that before and I've thought, huh. Why does that matter? Why does that matter? But it didn't, I didn't stop and not go in. I was like, oh, I went inside, sat down, ordered food, had a beer. Like, I don't care that much. I wonder why does it, why does that matter? But it doesn't bother me. As soon as I'm going to Walmart or Target, Target's probably a bad example because some of you are, you know, get your, get your, your pants in a wad over, Target taking a stance or showing support too, which that's a you problem. But as soon as I go somewhere and now I can't get served because I'm not in the LGBT community, then I start to have a problem with it. But until I go to the bank and there's a teller line and you can only be in that line if you're part of the LGBTQ community, then who cares on the aspect of getting upset? You don't have to agree with anything in life. What is the impact to you? That's the problem that a lot of people have. Why does it matter to you if somebody is wearing something you don't like, if someone is dressing a way you don't like, if someone has on mascara and you don't like, if someone's driving a pink car, what does it matter to you? It doesn't impact your ability to do what you need to get done. Because as soon as it does, I understand there's an issue and we need to work that issue out, whatever that issue is. So as I sit here, as I'm editing this episode, like I was already done with this closing and I'm adding this in right now because of a story that just broke. I remember listening to Marcus say before in the past that he's afraid sometimes to go out because he doesn't want to be a martyr. And I've thought to myself before, come on, Marcus, especially knowing that 
how he described himself. He could seemingly, he fits right in with anyone. He's a chameleon, essentially. He's not coming in with the bright colors and the makeup and the, the drag and any of that stuff. But I had said just a few minutes ago on the closing about the store owner with the flag in the window. And when I see that, I notice it. But I notice it not because I have an issue with it. I notice it because it's usually not there. And that's one of those things that people feel like this is being forced upon them. But I also said I would go right into the place. I would eat. I would drink. I did that before, and I'll continue to do that. But I read this. Sunday, August 20th. The story broke today, this afternoon. The Guardian. California shop owner shot dead over the LGBTQ plus pride flag displayed at the store. A man made comments about the flag at Laura Ann Carlton's store in Cedar Glen and killed her before being shot and killed by police. This is the type of stuff that Marcus, John, more flamboyant people in that community are fearful of. A store owner was shot and killed. I'm sure there was, it wasn't, look at this flag, I'm pulling out my gun and shooting you. There were probably some sort of a heated exchange, but still. And that goes back to what does it matter if this person has mascara on? It doesn't fucking matter. Why does it matter to you? And the guy's dead after he killed someone. The police shot and killed this person. Laura Ann Carlton, 66, was pronounced dead at the scene of the shooting on Friday night. So this was Friday. This was a couple days ago, and this just broke. Officials said that during an initial altercation at Carlton's clothing store, a male suspect made several disparaging remarks about the rainbow flag that stood outside the store before shooting Carlton. He then fled the scene. And they ran him down, looks like, and killed him. Um, You know, we got to change. We have to change. We have to change our outlook. We have to change, you know, again, if stuff like that, if seeing the flag bothers you that much, you need to talk to someone. It's just like my example of going to the parades, to going to the concerts of music I don't care about. You could only not like something that much. But as soon as you make it an issue, as soon as you take action, violence, as soon as you verbally insult and demean other people because of what they're into, even if you're not, that's when it becomes a problem. And you started it. You started that. So, if you haven't given me a review yet, give me a review. And it better be positive. I want to thank Right Honda and Right Toyota, fourwheelonline.com, Cell Shop Wireless Services, Patreon business supporter, Kuya Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida, Pell Construction of Condoni, Michigan, Big House Small Home Design, Ashburg, Virginia, Traverse City, Michigan, Shaping Success with West Tankersley out of Boise, Idaho. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. I do. I create separate podcasts, completely, episodes, completely different episodes sometimes, just for the people on Patreon. Special thanks to Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Gamina, Drew Bunkley, and David Garner. Have anything for the show, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Go to the store, hardparkingpod.com to pick up merchandise. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning. And remember, share this with a friend. Share this episode with a friend. Because I can't grow without you telling them all how great the show was. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. And I will talk to you all next week. Shut up!
now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that. 